cool, man. You know, it's been a lot of a lot of work to get here, but uh, there's no better feeling. All kinds of emotions. I've been ecstatic that we that we won this trophy. I mean, the stadium, the fans, uh, everybody's been here for such a long time without getting anything like that. So, I mean, that's what we were, we were fighting to do all year, and when we did it. We're just ecstatic. I mean, seeing the guys, seeing how much it means to the fans, the community, the ownership. Indescribable. It's everything I wanted it to be. I mean, 19, 19 years in front of all these great fans, they deserve it. You see them tonight and, and how passionate they are and how much uh, they mean to us. And, and you see the celebrations that we have with them. And it's all love. And at the end of the day, they know how hard we work for this. And, and we know how how much they mean to us. And at the end of the day, this is this is a beautiful stadium with, with a lot of fans that, that came out here to see us win and to be able to do it. It means everything to me. It's been a long time coming. And for us homegrowns, I mean, it's great to hold up a trophy in our own in our hometowns. So I know the guys, I mean, we're just ecstatic. We're happy, so happy. One down, two to go. Welcome to FCD Talk episode 14. How's it going? This is Ben. This is Preston. Ben, how's it going? Doing good. Doing good. We got NBA playoffs going on right now. We've got NFL draft going on right now, and we got FC Dallas on a run right now. So it's it's very exciting here uh, in Dallas in sports. Period. For sure. Yeah, and I actually just got a notification about the draft saying that the Cowboys drafted some guy named Taco. So that it makes life fun. <laughs> How fitting is that? It's it's it really that, is. It's Texas. It's Tex Mex, and the guy's name is Taco, and it's Taco Thursday. So what, what more can he ask for? Life is good. I, I cannot complain right now. <laughs> Definitely. So we'll be getting to in the show today talking about the previous game against Sporting KC, also previewing upcoming game against Portland, also talking about the top 50 players, paid players in MLS. We'll talk about FC Dallas players, um, and we'll get to some other things. But probably the most exciting thing from this week so far is Mario Diaz, who is back on the practice field. To me, this is exciting because he is a leader on this team. He is someone that is is seen to uh, as uh, as a great player on this team. He's, he can contributes. Um, so, to me, this was exciting to see him. Uh, you know, doing simple drills, not any hardcore stuff, but to see him back and coming back and creeping back to me is exciting by itself. Yeah, I, mean, I completely agree. I mean, he's been out for uh, almost six months to the day of his injury and uh, just seeing him get back onto the field. Granted, it's no contact drills or anything like that. It's just uh, get putting some pressure on, on the Achilles, uh, uh, dribbling the ball with uh, on the injured foot. Uh, it's, it's definitely good progress. Uh, the the goal is still late June, early July for Diaz's return, and we do not want to rush that because we don't want to risk another injury or another setback uh, because that just that would just be awful for the team. Uh, and the thing is, Dallas is getting results right now. Uh, they're the only undefeated team in the league. There's no need to uh, rush getting Diaz back uh, because last season uh, there was a lot of pressure on the team once – Diaz went out with his injury because Dallas struggled to get results. That's not the case this season. 
They knew that going into the offseason that they are going to prepare for half the season without Mauro Diaz. And uh, I, I personally think that uh, Clavijo and Pereja did a great job with, uh, with recruiting and uh, finding ways to make the team work without Mauro Diaz. So there's no need to rush Diaz back from his recovery. Definitely. Yeah, I think we've made necessary adjustments so that could be because we knew this was happening, uh, like you said, and we've made necessary pickups that we needed. So there is no need to rush him back. But to see uh, the sight of him practicing, um, we, it was Carter Bum of the uh, of FC Dallas. He works for FC Dallas. He posted it on his Twitter, and immediately I had to share it. Immediately I shared it to to you Preston because I knew this is something that both of us uh, were waiting for and excited about so it's good to good to see him good to see him back uh, in the building and and training so that was something very good this week also with FC Dallas getting the win over Sporting KC last Saturday uh, did not see the game I don't know if you did yeah I got to see the game I recorded I was on my way back from uh, from work trip but I was able to record the game and uh, watch it without my notifications bugging me throughout the game. So uh, <laughs> once I once I watched the game, I turned all that stuff back on. Uh, but you know, it was an, it was an entertaining game. I mean, it was uh, on my other show. Uh, that was my pick for game of the week in a completely unbiased sense because it was the two remaining undefeated teams in the league, and uh, they're two very different styles of play. Uh, Sporting Kansas City is very possession-based, and Dallas is counterattacking. You saw, you can see that in the stats. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, yes, I have it right here. Uh, Sporting KC had 61% of the ball, uh, which is incredible considering that they played away from their home. So it really just showed that how tried and true that the two systems uh, worked against each other. And uh, Dallas had plenty of plenty of opportunities, but it didn't come until the second half after Michael Barrios came on. And he dribbled, uh, he faked out one of the defenders, dribbled to the end line, crossed it in uh, with Minor Figueroa of all people, uh, ready at that near post. Uh, Tim Melia, Sporting KC's goalkeeper, was running near post to uh, defend the cross. Figueroa headed it far post, caught caught Melia off guard, uh, had to dive the opposite way that he was running. Barely got a hand on it, but still went into the net to uh, clinch the three points for Dallas. Yeah, that that was that was amazing. And to me, you know, I was looking at the stat sheet and you know, looking at the highlights. So I was like, who got the goal? I mean, obviously, I was thinking it had to either be uh, Rudy, or I was thinking, okay, this is this is Coleman's goal right here. And it said Maynor <laughs> Figueroa, and I was I had to do a double take. Uh, but I, I'm excited. I mean, he puts in all of the dirty work. He's a he's a bull. He's just that guy that that's a strong player and a strong force. So I was excited to see that. Uh, this was another win by FC Dallas. We're we're right now uh, creeping creeping along throughout this season. We haven't lost a game. Uh, we've got a a tough matchup coming up against Portland. Portland's uh, another team that is. Top team in MLS, also a top team in the Western Conference. They're right above us uh, within one point. So, uh, to me, this was a good win uh, from last week, and I'm excited about us going into 
this game against Portland. And uh, it's definitely not going to be easy, but it is a home game. We know how uh, DT, D, DTID always comes in strong. We know how the beer garden is always there and rocking. So, But what was your thoughts on this game uh, coming into Portland? Uh, yeah, I think that this is going to be a very interesting game. Uh, Dallas definitely gets a huge boost uh, going into this weekend because both their star player, Diego Valeri, and their starting goalkeeper, Jake Gleason, are both going to be out with injuries. Uh, that provides a huge boost for Dallas, both in the attack and on defense, uh, because Diego Valeri is a heck of a player and has been, uh, one, if not their star player, one of their star players over the last uh, year or so. And granted, they still have guys like Fernando Adi, uh, Darlington Nagby, really good players that will still provide a lot of threat in their attack. But losing Diego Valeri, their playmaker, is similar to losing Mauro Diaz, in my opinion. That's how much of an impact Valeri has on this team. Uh, and obviously, they're going to be down their starting goalkeeper as well, from my understanding. So uh, this could be this could be the game for Christian Coleman, hopefully to make his mark uh, with that kind of, with that kind of boost in the attack. I'm expecting that Dallas will switch back to the 4-4-2 that they've been playing all season. Last week, uh, Dallas used a 4-3-3 to accommodate uh, Kansas City's possession-based game, uh, but now that now that Portland's coming in, uh, they're more of a counter-attacking team as well. So I'm expecting to see the 4-4-2 that we've seen all season. Uh, expecting Barrios to get back in, as well as Coleman, and to see a very fast, fluid game. Definitely. And I think I think you're right. I think this is a game where Coleman is, is going to make his mark, where he's going to get that goal. And uh, I'm definitely... Uh, excited to see this game uh, and that's man that's interesting right there I did I did not know that Larry was going to be out of this game he is their top uh, scoring goals he's got five goals four assists um, he is the, the leader on that on that pushing offense and also uh, Fernando ID uh, like you said he's got 24 shots five goals so I know he's going to be a force but yeah that's 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 a huge advantage for us. And not to mention, it's a home game. So again, like I mentioned, that's going to be another major advantage. But I could I'll definitely see us winning this game. To me, that, that kind of uh, eliminates any possibility for, for Portland winning. Uh, I don't even know if it'll be close. Um, uh, I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to say two, I'm going to say two nothing. Uh, I think, I think that's, what we're going to see in the score. Uh, but like, like I mentioned, Portland's got 16 points. We've got 14. Uh, Portland is three, one and one at home. And then they're two and one away. Uh, we're three and zero at home, one Oh and two away. So I think we're going to continue that winning streak, but what's your prediction on the score? You know, I'm, I still think that Portland has goal in them uh, just because their attacking prowess is unbelievable uh, between Nagby and Adi and uh, Greg Valeri won't be in, but uh, having those two guys up there, uh, Darren Maddox is another guy to look out for. 
uh, in my opinion. I'm thinking it's going to be two to one, but it's going to be a very, very tight game uh, because, like it or not, losing Valeria is huge. Losing Gleason is huge, but they have a deep squad. They are a very good team, and Portland. This is nothing. This is nothing like the Portland that we saw last season. I'm thinking that this is closer to, to the Portland that won the MLS Cup two seasons ago. Uh, so I'm thinking it's going to be a two-one win for Dallas. Okay, it's it's going to be a good game, and Portland is is has been on our heels these past couple of years and then they like you said they won the MLS Cup so they're, they're definitely not a pushover but I do think this is going to be a tough game for, for them to win so with this game going down Saturday we definitely have that to look forward to uh, we mentioned Mario Diaz I did want to touch on one other uh, kind of side note here Pachuca who beat us in the CONCACAF Champions League wins the title over Tigris 2-1 on aggregate and they will book their place in the FIFA uh, Club World Cup so that's a that's a side note there I think that's important to note because they did beat us so at least we can say the team that actually won the CONCACAF Champions title was the team that that beat us and they advanced and they were as good as as good as uh, as good as we thought they were as good as we were talking them up to be so uh what's your thoughts on on pachuca winning it uh i think it was well deserved they're a very good team uh they they had their sights set on winning this tournament herming lozano i've praised him uh this entire this is this entire run he is a very special player. He's going to have a fantastic career, and I don't see him staying in Mexico much longer. I think he's. I think there's going to be quite a few clubs in Europe uh, calling after him. Uh, so well deserved. Hats off to Pachuca for uh, for a long road and for ultimately winning the prize. Yep, there we go. Uh, they they were the ones that, that finished it, and. Well, I guess we got to look forward to next year because obviously we're we're out of it. It's finished. But the main goal from this year, uh, like we've been talking about from the beginning, and I think we're both on the same page, is MLS Cup. And I think that's what our main focus is, and that's what we're trying to accomplish. So like we mentioned at the, the beginning of the show, there is a top 50 list of the top paid players in MLS. And while I was looking at that list, I was very, very curious to see uh, where Coleman was going to be. Now, kind of a asterisk on this list is that this may not be completely accurate to all the money that they're making because they probably make money. Uh, there's money based on the transfer fee. There's also money based on other benefits. But on this list, and I'm going down, 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 further, further down, at number 32, Mario Diaz, uh, 881,000. Uh, so we're number 32 on the list. Uh, to me, that, that says a lot just about us focusing on homegrowns, but also that says a lot about us not, not wanting to spend a crazy amount of money because Orlando... Kaká uh, from Brazil, seven point one six eight million. He's number one on the list. 
Uh, but what what's your thoughts on where we are at number 32? We've also got another player that we'll mention in a moment. You know, I think it's fair. Um, I think that Diaz deserves to make more money, but with his injury issues over like over the course of his time in Dallas, uh, I think uh, the salary that he's making eight hundred eighty-one thousand—that's his guaranteed twenty seventeen uh, salary. I think that's fair, and also, I mean, the, based off the fact that he is out for half the season. Granted, that has nothing to do with the contract that was already agreed with, but he did get about a three hundred thousand dollar bump from last season. So uh, I have a feeling that his salary is going to continue to go up with each year of his contract. Uh, so I, I feel like that's something that him and his agent worked out. Uh, he very well could break a million by the end of like by the end of his contract. Yeah, I agree with with probably benefits. Um, if there's any type of incentives, I'm sure I'm sure he definitely will. So that was the first FC Dallas player on the list at number 32. Next up, as we continue to go down the list, at number 40, hold on, I think I missed somebody. Okay, 44, Roland Lamar, the great Roland Lamar that we all love and hate. Uh, 774,000. Uh, to me, that that is high. That is high. I know it's early in his time with FC Dallas, but I think... You have to gauge it based on what he's doing right now. And quite honestly, I think that's that's too much money. Um, I think he eventually he'll reach that potential. But as of right now, I can't say I'm completely satisfied with him, you know, even being on this list. And he's, he's above uh, Graham Zussi uh, from Sporting KC. Also, Carlos Gramana uh, of Atlanta United. So, what's your thoughts on Lamar being right there? You know, uh, that was. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not surprised uh, with the salary that he's getting. We knew that he was going to be a target allocation money player, so we knew that he was going to be one of the highest paid players on the team. Um, he was. I mean, obviously, he's 20, 28, 29 years old, so he's supposed to be that ready-made product. Uh, I mean, we've. I feel like I'm being a dead horse with saying this, but uh, prior to him signing with Dallas, he hadn't played for six months. Uh, so obviously, he's not going to be uh, fully ready, and we're clearly seeing that. Uh, I got to say, maybe give it another month or so uh, to see if he can justify the salary. But uh, I mean, I agree. I mean, he's just not. He's not proving his case to be making that kind of salary. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I think you you probably see it more in in soccer than than you do I think in other sports even though you know it's probably equal but I think it's more noticeable because when you see someone come over new on the team very high expectations and it's not being seen as as they're living up to it then there, there's a negative there's a negative connotation there and and you think he shouldn't be paid that much but I hope he lives up to it. I think, yeah, like you said, we give him another month. I think also with with uh, Diaz coming back, won't be as much pressure on him, and he can probably maybe settle in in, in a in a lesser role. Uh, spotlight won't be on him as much. So I think that'll be another aspect of of him and uh, him living up to the contract money. 
So the next person on the list, Carlos Garizo, he is at number 49, 740, uh, 732,000. Um, I think, I think that's fair. I think he has proven that he should be here. Poppy definitely sees it. He starts, uh, he starts games. He, he plays hard. He, to me, he, he works alongside, uh, Mano Figueroa well. So to me, I think that's, I think that's fair. Uh, I think he deserves that money. I know he's another one of those, uh, allocated players. So to me, I think that's, that's a fair, fair assessment and a fair amount of money that he's getting. I'm going to disagree with you. I think he's underpaid. Um, Carlos Grezo was, I'm going to use last week as an example. He was far and above the best player on the field. Uh, his work often goes unnoticed just because he does do the dirty work. Uh, Kellen Acosta has gotten so much credit for the stuff that he's been doing this season. But Carlos Grezo has been the best defensive midfielder in the league far and above, in my opinion. And uh, him making seven hundred thirty-two thousand. Yeah, he's he's young. He's twenty-one years old, I believe. And uh, it, you can make an argument that it is fair. But with him being the best uh, defensive midfielder in the league, he should be making over a million, in my opinion. And uh, I mean, you can say that a lot about you can say that about a lot of players. I mean, I mean, you use Michael Barr as, as an example. He's one of the top. He's one of the top wingers in the league. But he's only making a hundred thousand, and uh, you know I've, I've got to blame that on his agent, I guess, because <laughs> uh, he needs to discuss some sort of uh, contract extension or something to restructure his contract. Because holy crap, he's being underpaid. Yeah, that that is that is horrible. Uh, I would fire his agent on the spot. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he should hire us to be his agents. We could we could come in there and get more money for uh, more money than that for him. Right. That's that's crazy. Um, <laughs> to be fair though, I'm I can't remember if he has gotten a contract extension yet or not. But uh, we got we we do need to remember that Barrios did come from a second division team in Colombia. So at the time, uh, Barrios probably felt that he was making a million bucks in his like in his world. Uh, because making like second division in Colombia, he probably wasn't getting his paychecks on time, uh, let alone even in the first division in Colombia. Uh, so getting, getting consistent paychecks on time at that salary, that probably meant the world to him. So now that he's actually proving himself in MLS and with FC Dallas to be a consistent starter and to be one of the better players on the team, uh, I could I could see him making between two and three hundred thousand on his on his on his next contract. Definitely. Um, now with Garizo, let's go back to him. Do you do you think he will get paid uh, at at what he's actually valued at? Or do you think he would go? He would have to go somewhere else to get that. I think he could get it here. Um, we've seen the mentality change with Dallas over the last season uh, with with Hunt Sports Group with the target allocation money coming in. Because I mean, we brought up both Mauro Diaz and Roland Lamont. Those are both target allocation money players. Carlos Grezo is a designated player, but he's a young designated player, just like Christian Coleman and Anibal Chala. That takes a smaller uh, th- that takes a smaller hit to the salary cap. I believe it's like two hundred sixty-five thousand. So in reality, 
they're paying 500000 more over the salary cap for Carlos Grezo. So um, that is, it's strategic by Dallas, in my opinion. And I don't see Carlos Grezo going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I'm assuming that his contract is probably three or four years, uh, either near the end of the season or early next season. We'll probably start seeing contract negotiations for, for Carlos Grezo. I can see his salary going up. I wouldn't necessarily say doubling, but I can see him breaking a million uh, with this next contract and with the way that the salaries are going in MLS, with the salary caps going up each season and more targeted allocation money uh, going into the system, uh, it's bringing more incentive to pay to actually pay the players that they deserve to be paid. So I could very we could very well see Carlos Grezo breaking a million with his next contract. Okay. And I would I would love to see that. I think I would definitely want to see our players get paid with what they're worth because they are they're on a team that's pushing to win the MLS Cup every year. So it's it, they have the quality players. So that it, uh, ends out the list of the top fifty. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see what next year's list is going to be like with these players that we're mentioning right now that should be getting paid more. Uh, will they be higher up on the list? Who will be on the list? So we'll definitely be talking about that next year. Before uh, we move on, uh, before we move on past the top fifty, uh, whenever this came out, I was chatting with. Uh, some people from my other show on the Don't Call It Soccer Pod, shameless plug right there. Uh, <laughs> but I was I was comparing uh, salaries from now uh, of now from six years ago um, uh, on the 2011 uh, release of the uh, from the players union. Uh, currently, there's 28 uh, players in the league uh, making a salary of over one million dollars. This time, five years ago, only eight players were. So. Uh, having this influx in cash is uh, bringing better players in into the league. Guys like Freddie Montero, Nemanja Nikolic, uh, Maxi Morales, uh, my personal fa- uh, two of my personal favorites, Joseph Martinez and Miguel Almiron with Atlanta. Those two players have just been a revelation to the league. And seeing more players coming in, uh, more players of that quality coming in, you're going to be start seeing more and more. Uh, players breaking a million dollars a season. And I think that's great for the league. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. And that, that kind of leads into this other point I wanted to touch on. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm going to completely probably get this name wrong. So I'm going to let you say it, but uh, Basti, we know he, he came over to Chicago. He is now calling on a, a player on Manchester United to also follow him over to MLS. Uh, to me, I think this is th- this is very, very interesting because we're seeing more players coming over. We've been talking about this for a while about MLS being a destination spot. I think this is another another surge for that to happen, and I'm, I'm excited about this because this is kind of what we we've been wanting to see, been wanting to see. As players come over, they say, you know, talk to their their teammates that are on the team. They say, hey, come over here. It's another opportunity. Um, it's It would be good for your career. It'll probably be, really be good to, to boost their 
their their their popularity and probably their endorsements and everything. I'm thinking if they come over here, uh, but this is Z- Zlatan. I'm not going to try to say the last name. <laughs> but um, what, what what's your thoughts on this? You think this is going to be? I think this is going to be a kind of a ripple effect. I think we're going to see more and more of this. Uh, my personal opinion with Zlatan, if we if Zlatan does come to MLS, I do fear that it'd be taking a step back because Zlatan does fall under the category of those aging European stars. Bastian Schweinsteiger is, in my opinion, just before that stage. He's uh, 31 or 32. Zlatan is 36. So we may end up having like another like a Steven Gerrard or uh, oh gosh, like an Ashley Cole or something like that, where uh, they're sort of there to get their last big paycheck. And I feel like that the league is past that point now, that they're uh, gener- generating enough excitement with the with the younger Latin American players uh, and guys like Nemanja Nikolic, who uh, is an Eastern European player that's in their prime that uh, chose to come to the United States rather than moving to uh, like a Germany or an England or something like that. Uh, seeing seeing more of those kind of players to uh, boost up the tempo and to uh, bring more excitement into the game rather than uh, someone who's in their mid-30s who just tore their ACL. Um, I, I feel like I'd be taking a step back, in my opinion. Now, I, and and I get that, but do, do you think a team would, would take a risk? I think... I think a team would would still do it uh, because even though I think MLS as a whole has maybe moved past this, there's always a team that's going to stick their neck out and sign and sign this guy. I, I think if he truly wants to do it, somebody will sign him uh, to come over here, and, and it may be a complete failure. It may not even help the team, but there's always someone or some owner or someone that would that would try to take this step and do this. I, I, I agree with that to a degree, though. But we haven't seen uh, a quote-unquote aging star come in since, excuse me, uh, the summer of 2015 with both Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard. So we haven't seen a quote-unquote aging star come back that's not American. Uh, we've seen Tim Howard come back. We've seen... Uh, Brad, we, we're seeing Brad Guzan come back. Uh, those, I mean, I would fo- I, I would call those aging stars, but they're American, so that gives them uh, more reason to come back to the United States right. uh, because they want to come back home and get that big paycheck. Um, but Kaka, he's 35 now. He's been in the league for two or three years, uh, so he was at the latter part of his prime. You look at Andrea Perlo; he's an aging star. He came around the same time as Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard and those guys. But that's that was sort of the last wave of aging stars. Los Angeles Galaxy is usually one of those teams that brings in the 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 twilight of their time big name player. But what did they do this offseason instead? They brought in Romain Alessandrini, a French player who's in their late twenties that has a lot of speed that has something that they can actually provide to their team more than just jersey sales yeah well time will tell but I know you've got 
you've got more uh, experience in following MLS, and uh, I think I think it'll be interesting to see because I think we're going to start seeing these older players wanting to come over for the payday. And will MLS teams, will MLS owners bite on it? And I think that'll be the big news. I think that'll be the big story uh, for this off season. But with him, yeah, with him tearing his ACL, that I, I don't even. He would have to be ready to go, I think, for them for any team to make a move. But it may be it may not even happen. But I, I think I think that that's one of those interesting I think uh stories and tidbits from this week and also, you know, what are the MLS play owners and uh MLS as a whole, what are they gonna do? So the ball the ball's pretty much in in their court because I think we're gonna see more players trying to flock. For sure. And my personal opinion is I don't think any MLS team can handle Zlatan Ibrahimovic's ego. Um, that's that's been something that <laughs> followed him around, and I've pers- I've personally really enjoyed watching Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's a fantastic player, and his ego is just hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know how that will translate into the United States, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to FCD talk you can always find the show on the all in sports talk app make sure you go download the all in sports talk app you can get that on google play you can get that on itunes and make sure you download it you can listen to it there or on soundcloud also check out the other shows on all in sports talk but appreciate everybody for tuning in make sure you guys have a good weekend and go fc dallas